What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Keeping Stock Sneaker Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a wide variety of topics that I was actually really excited as I started developing this episode this week. It's going to touch base on the manufacturing of sneakers. We're going to touch base on contract signings, obviously upcoming releases, and much, much more. And before we jump into today's episode, just a reminder, Keeping Stock is uploaded every Sunday on your favorite platform. So go ahead and follow, subscribe, rate, and let's jump right into it. So the first topic I want to start off with is going to be the coronavirus. It's a epidemic that can't be ignored, and it does have a role on the sneaker industry and sneaker culture in some regards. And so before we jump into that, it's important to understand what coronavirus really is or COVID-19. Essentially, there's seven types of known coronaviruses over the past decade or so. And right now, there's two virus strains, one being predominantly more aggressive than the other. And this strain originated in Wuhan, China in December, so relatively fresh. And the reason why it's causing such an epidemic is that it came out of nowhere and they weren't able to develop a vaccine, which typically takes 14 to 18 months to develop based on prior strains. And coronavirus or COVID-19, the way it's spread is through your respiratory system. And so that's essentially when you're getting droplets of moisture, saliva in contact with someone else, usually within six feet of someone that is already infected, it ingests into your body and attacks your respiratory system. So that's why it's so important to be washing your hands frequently before and after you eat, after you're in public areas, sanitizing areas in your house that may have a lot of germs, packages you're getting, etc., because it can be spread pretty easily. And some of those symptoms are fever, cough, runny nose, trouble breathing, and that's the coronavirus. But how is it affecting sneakers? That's the question on today's episode. And so first, with this originating in China, it's drastically impacted the global supply chain. The reason so is because sneaker companies such as Nike, Adidas, Puma, and much more, and those factories that those shoes are being produced in, along with other materials, have been throttled down or shut down due to this large contamination. And so when these workers aren't able to make it into the factories to produce these shoes or produce the materials to make these shoes and risk contaminating others, it's a big deal. And that's why Nike and Adidas is shutting down as for worker safety in some regards. And further in that global supply chain, the other problem is a lot of suppliers and manufacturers and companies have started going towards the trend of lean manufacturing. So lean manufacturing is essentially cutting costs with less parts in one factory so that you can outsource from different factories and compile it together to make a sneaker landed in the U.S. for a much lower price than somewhere all in-house. And so if one factory goes down, say that's the factory producing your shoelaces or the factory producing the TPU foam or that main factory that's packaging the product and shipping it, one of those goes out, you hurt the entire chain. And 
you may not see the dilemma right now, but it's a long-term impact because if you shut down a factory for a week, half a month, a month, etc., you're delaying future releases or future products from being made or pushed back or just straight out being canceled. And that also runs into the second issue is your supply lead time. So when Nike or Adidas is ordering its shipment and it's getting shipped over, shipping by freight by sea takes 25 to 30 days. And typically they ship by sea because of the large quantity of sneakers that must come to the country to be sold at Foot Locker, Payless, Champs, your local convenience store, um, Walmart, etc., wherever shoes are sold, right? And so that lead time right now hasn't been affected because what's coming in now was ordered or sent in the beginning of February. And so that's this February, past February is where things really picked up and the virus spread to over 50 countries and is continuing to spread and grow. And so some companies may not be seeing the issue right now, but once again, in two to three months, you're going to see that dip starting to occur because factories were shut down. Then you have to wait another 20 to 5 to 30 days for it to ship. And in some cases, some companies have already seen a 20% dip in overall departures of their products. So two out of every 10, 20 out of every 100 is no longer happening or has been delayed. And, you know, for more sought after releases, this may not be the issue, but in the grand scheme of things for your general inline sneakers is where the problem occurs. And then third, just retail closures. Nike has closed half of its stores in China. Adidas has closed a good portion of its stores. Further, some of these stores are being closed because of logistics restrictions. You can't get products into those stores or products are being held at customs. So your local store may be missing a shipment, a manifest or two, because the products they are expecting aren't coming in in the future. And this has led to, for Adidas, an 85% drop in business activity in China. 85% is massive. That's because one, people are staying inside, working from home. A lot of China has implemented a work from home policy. Two, those stores are just closed. Three, people's priorities are elsewhere, right? If you're worried about being sick or someone in your family is sick, you're focusing that priority on helping them out, not getting a new pair of Ultra Boost or Stan Smiths. So that's a huge portion of company revenue and profit that's cut out. And Adidas has 27% of their factories in China, followed by others in India, Indonesia, Vietnam, all countries that have been hit by the coronavirus. So there's that snowball effect for Adidas. How about Nike? Nike's valuation has dropped significantly. And when I mean significantly, I mean $17 billion, billion with a B, right? An absurd amount of money, absolutely astronomical. And that's because China is the third fastest growing region for Nike. And 36% of their manufacturing is done in China. So over a third of their shoes and apparel is made and crafted in China. 
along with their fastest growing retail market, accounting for essentially 40% of that company profit is coming from China for Nike. And $17 billion has been chopped off that valuation. Companies won't know now what the economic impact on their bottom line is, but we'll see shortly. Under Armour has also lost $70 million with an M in their quarter one, which is huge for them because Under Armour struggling as it is. They're trying to get back in the game and getting cut $70 million is never going to help when you're trying to pick up steam or you have to close down shops in a very fast growing retail market. Then you even have Puma in the same regards. They're picking up steam, trying to sign signature NBA athletes, trying to become trending and cool and reinvent their classic sneakers to a new audience. They had to close half of their stores in China as well. And finally, what can hurt all of these companies in the same regards? If this virus continues on into summer, we could potentially see the 2020 Summer Olympic Games in Tokyo canceled. So all marketing dollars, all special sneakers, colorways, apparels, deals out the door for these companies. And you look at someone like Nike, who's already pushing the Nike Vaporfly or the 2% Next or the Alpha Fly to break records for long distance runners and put that shoe on a grand scale, that could be detrimental to Nike running for the amount of effort and research and development that's put into this groundbreaking shoes by all means. And maybe that's something I'll drive, jump into in another episode is what Nike is doing on the running market that has the running world very upset. Further, you're seeing other opportunities squandered. Another example, not related to sneakers, but James Bond has been pushed to November because the movie market has been impacted so drastically. A plethora of conventions for video games and cars and technology also canned because of these possibility that this virus spreads. So there's a large slew of things that this virus is affecting. And at the end of the day, the best you know we can do as citizens is just make sure you are being aware and relevant, staying on top of your hygiene. I mean, mostly it's affecting those in the elderly stage of their life or young infants. So if you are in the healthier range, right, washing your hands and making sure that, yeah, maybe if you get it, it's not as severe, but if you get it and you pass it on to someone else, that's the real problem. And that's how coronavirus could affect sneakers. I mean, what we take home is the global supply chain is disrupted. Your supply lead time is then slowed down or pushed back. Retail closures are cutting out on business-to-consumer sales or business-to-business sales because they can't order enough product and pushing out potential releases. And if you look super broad, cutting out on a large portion of these profits or valuations or delaying product could be a trend or a wave or a technology advancement miss. So a lot of sneakers are put into production by these companies some four, some 18 months in advance. And by delaying this, you could be missing that opportunity on what they're trying to land on, or they may not be as advantageous in the following quarters of the year or the next year to make up for this large loss that they have to pay back to their investors over time. But overall, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it gets contained soon. I hope we figure out a way to vaccinate or figure out a solution for the coronavirus and 
everyone that has been infected um, or has obtained this virus can be cured, doesn't hurt or separate any families. Uh, hopefully all things come to a good, you know, a good solution. And so now let's hop into some of the cooler content of this week. And the first being Draymond Green signed with Converse. To understand, Converse is a subsidiary of Nike. So Nike owns Converse. It's the first thing to understand here. And I think what this does is Nike, one, removes Draymond Green's shoe deal salary from their books, gives it to Converse. Converse now has the opportunity to bolster and build its brand after Kelly Oubre's injury. And as much as Draymond Green isn't the signature athlete you think of, the amount of free press that they get from him being on the front of Sports Center, Sports Illustrated, always mentioned in the media, someone may see those converse and say, hey, those are kind of cool. And it just gives them some more fuel to bring on other potential younger class to converse in the meantime. And so overall, I think it's a strategic move on Nike and converse. Great for Draymond. Draymond's getting paid. And it'd be awesome to see more competition, so to speak, in the market for performance basketball shoes, because for a while it was just Nike, Nike and Adidas. So now we have Nike, Adidas, Converse, foreign brands like Anta, K2, Peak, you get Under Armour, Puma. So now you have a wide variety of sneakers to choose from. New Balance as well. Um, and find the right sneaker for your game. So overall, I think it's a net gain for the consumers in this Draymond to Converse situation and contract signing. Then we also saw the Supreme Air Force One release. I did an episode on that a couple weeks back if you want to listen to that. But I think what the results were, were phenomenal. Yeah, they sold out. They're super hard to get. But the rumors are they're going to be restocked throughout the year and throughout drops with a constant production. So that means if you do want them, you have the ability to get them. That's why they aren't crazy in terms of design or aesthetic, but they're going to be coming out often for you to have the ability to grab some if you like your Nike Air Force Ones with the Supreme logo. I think it's a smart move for them, continues their partnership with Nike, gives them some more opportunities to play with other silhouettes in the future, and gives consumers the opportunity to purchase the Nike Air Force One Supreme at a later date for a reasonable price. Also, we saw New Balance and NBA strike a deal. So now New Balance has digital rights to use advertising content of NBA players in their products. So it's kind of a weird scenario, but New Balance couldn't promote Kawhi in his Clippers or Toronto jersey in the past. But now with this partnership, they can use this digital content, game footage and highlights for their advertising efforts. So Kawhi Leonard... Deontay Murray, Darius Baisley, and etc. in their marketing campaigns to be a little bit more aggressive and attract more athletes in the space. Once again, I think a positive is going to bring more attention to another sneaker, another model for performance basketball and help the market overall because this competition is going to push other brands to stay on their game as more competitors are in the space and taking market share. And then lastly, I think the coolest thing is that Reebok is covering the application fees for juniors at Bethel High. And why Bethel High? Because that's where Allen Iverson went. They're using proceeds from a few Allen Iverson question releases 
to fund those application fees and further the future careers of those kids. You always love to see companies give back. You love to see Reebok be in the spotlight and help others potentially get to college. Great to use AI signature to do so. And I think overall, more brands should get on that train because the cost of college is rising and the expenses are rising. So why not use your proceeds to help kids go to college? It doesn't have to be kids going to college. Use those proceeds for another cause. I mean, Nike does Dornbecker, and there's thousands of other areas that they could help. LeBron did, I promise. And it's always a great thing in the community to see those benefits and give you some sort of enticement to purchase the sneakers to help someone out. And lastly here, we're going to get into the upcoming sneaker releases. But before we do so, we're going to take a quick break, then we're going to get right into it. If you like what you've heard so far, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram at keeping stock and Twitter at keeping underscore stock. Further, social media is always found in the show notes and other cool things that are going on with the Keeping Stock podcast. But the best place to find that is going to be following us on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right. Now, upcoming releases for March 8th through March 14th. Starting with, on March 10th, the Sakai and Nike LD Waffle coming in white nylon, so it's triple white, and black nylon, all black with a white midsole. And if I'm going to be honest, I really like this model more in the wild and outgoing colorways and color differentiation, because differentiation, differentiation, or the, you know, uh, abstract colors. <laughs> And so the all white and all black just don't really do it for me. Uh, I think the silhouette's sweet, but I think it's better with the correct color blocking and colorway placed on top of it. Then on the 11th, we see Call of Duty collab with Adidas and Pusha T for the Oswego in black. And it's just basically all black with a blue outsole um, and some Call of Duty markings on it. For me, not so much. I really like the Pusha T that's in the uh, dark brown gum bottom with the green, like neon green three stripes. Really waiting for those to go on discount. So maybe these will push those there. But those Call of Duty Oswegos, March 11th. We see an Ultra Boost 2020 black metallic gold on March 12th. And then the Ultra Boost DNA Core Black in lush red. So that's going to be the Boost midsole in half red and half blue with an all black upper uh you know a unique uh colorway kind of looks like a two-tone aspirin gel on the bottom but uh that comes out on the 12th the 13th we see an air jordan 34 bayou boys for zion williams what he wore when he came back from rehab to the nba uh it's cool to see they're releasing these player editions I really want the Paranorman-inspired 34s that Jason Tatum was wearing a while back, so maybe those will come out. On the 14th, we see an Adidas Donovan Mitchell, Issue 1, Glory Blue. Once again, a lot of colorways for the shoe. I haven't heard a whole lot of hype around it or much about people purchasing it in general, but it seems to be doing well enough to get um, a variety of colorways, and we'll see how the line develops. That's March 14th. Also on March 14th, we see a Nike LeBron 17 in grade school sizes in photo blue. So this is the lime green on the sole, white midsole with a photo blue upper, 
And then on the same day, we see the Nike Kyrie 6 grade school in white and sapphire with a multicolored sole, white upper with a translucent blue tint strap on the forefoot, along with the 14th releasing the Adidas Yeezy Boost 350 V2 Desert Sage. I'm over it. Um, there's been so many colorways of the V2. I think it's great for those who like the silhouette, but I've never really been fully committed to the V2 um, or the 350, except for the Turtle Doves. That color I do enjoy. I love the blocking. But uh, this Easy Boost 350 Desert Sage kind of kind of have that neon orange on the sock liner with a sageish green midsole and then a kind of translucent orange uh, on the outsole and that's coming out on the 14th we also get to see the nike dunk low kentucky and syracuse on the 14th which i'm going to try for both of these uh, i really love the minimal and simple color blocking on these i like the kentucky more than the syracuse but i'd be happy with either one i suppose it's going to be hard to get as all dunks have been so far this year we get the air jordan one high zoom in racer blue i enjoy the silhouette as well i like the colorway kind of reminds me of the dior jordan one colorway i really like the gray um, around the toe and on the heel and then it kind of has a translucent blue uh strap at the top not strap but uh where the wings logo is at with the uh, blue sock liner and then the blue outsole with zoom air technology in the shoe so Hopefully it's pretty comfortable like a flyknit, like the flyknit version was. And then we also see a LeBron 17 low on the 15th. Um, and that'll kind of do it for that week. There is rumors that the Nike SB Dunk Low Safari may come out this upcoming week or this week, depending on when you're listening on this. Um, and if this does come out at the same time as the Kentucky and Syracuse Dunks, Maybe I have a little bit better chance of the Kentucky and Syracuse. The Safari, I'm sure, is going to be hyped up. Um, it obviously carries that Safari theme from the Atmos and Nike Air Max 1. It's got suede. It's got mesh. Um, it's not a bad-looking shoe, but I prefer the Kentucky and Syracuse. And that'll do it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something about each aspect of sneaker culture today, whether it was the manufacturing and ordering supply of sneakers and how the coronavirus has affected that. It was the net positive that Draymond going to subsidiary Converse may do for performance basketball. And maybe you just saw a release that you want to go after and you'll pick that up. So I appreciate your guys' time. I appreciate you for listening and I'll catch you next Sunday.